the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You got some feedback coming to me, so I'm hearing myself, buddy. Hit hit one of the buttons. Yeah, you shouldn't be hearing yourself at the moment. Well, uh, I I am. You still are, huh? Okay. Yep. <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, everything looks fine here. I'm not sure why that's happening at the moment, but Well, I'm hearing myself. Huh. So it's gonna be a long, hard show if I have to Does that make do any this. difference? Let me hear. No? Nope. Okay, it should have. Mm. Well, hang on. Let me see. Can you hear me now? I can hear you fine. I'm good now. All okay, right. you got rid of it. It's gone. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to beat that man. <laughs> Too bad he's in the booth in another room. I can't get to him. <laughs> they locked the door, so I can't get in there and get him. Anyway, All right, we're, we're good to go now. Good morning, Doc. Good morning. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. We're coming at you on AM860, The Answer, and 93.7 FM. And you can reach us live at theanswer.com. Click Listen Live, 9 to 10 a.m. every Sunday morning, Eastern Standard Time, or drbillradiomd.com. Click Listen Live, and you got me. Uh, so you can join me on the web. I am your international Dr. Bill. People all over the world listen to me because I'm just so special and warm and fuzzy and, and loving and what was this about all the Democrats are going to commit mass suicide if Trump wins? <laughs> Ken said before the show, oh, my God, if Trump wins, they'll be jumping out of buildings. And I said, I hope they have insurance. And he said, oh, they'll all be dead. I said, oh, no, there'll be so many that the that the ones that follow will have a cushion of dead bodies to land on. He said, don't worry, none of them will have insurance. <laughs> well. You know, it's looking much better, I think, for Tuesday. So let's oh, yeah. let's go get them. Yeah, let's go get them. And uh, I'm going to talk about the president today because I think it's appropriate. But first, I wanted to quickly run back over the vaccine. You know, Ken, people just do not understand, and they're not getting any information uh, from anybody, either on the left or the right. So let me reiterate again that the live vaccine is not the coronavirus. It's not the COVID virus. It's the adenovirus that has the genetic material spliced into its DNA or RNA rather that encodes for that makes manufactures the little spike protein. And that's what causes the antigen, antigen antibody response. That's what we respond to. And that's what we build antibodies to. And that's what gives our little T cells, our little white blood cells, the memory of this uh, 
agent. Now, the adenovirus that we use, that we've hooked this onto, is not infectious to humans. It doesn't do anything. It, it, it doesn't get into your cell and reproduce. So it just floats around in your bloodstream and stimulates this immunologic response, which is what vaccines do. And people say, well, I'm afraid of vaccines. That is craziness. That is nonsense. We've had vaccinations since the 1780s, like I said last week, actually since the beginning of the 1700s in Europe. And it goes back to the 12th century in China and Asia. So this is ridiculous. And uh, I think that we have to dispel that. Also, I got a, a note from from Mike, you know, Mike, the, uh, the uh, patient, friend, draftsman, uh, that I have been associated with for, gosh, not since 2008, 2007. Yeah, you've talked about it before, now. yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. And he's 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 well-intended, but, you know, something's not right with the boy. <laughs> and I know he's listening, and he'll text me right afterwards. And he sent me this thing from Newsfeed, which I think is some left-wing organization, because I get stuff from Roger, my other neighbor, who sends me all kinds of nonsense from there. And it's a, the study that was done out at Stanford, and I thought it was going to be a, you know, an epidemiologic study done by doctors and epidemiologists. It was done by economists, and they looked at uh, a number of Trump rallies between uh, June and September and looked at the case rate increase of the COVID virus in the counties that held these, these rallies uh, for Trump. And there were two indoor, and I think the rest were outdoor. And uh, they did all these extrapolations and uh, lookbacks and projections and forwards and this and that. A lot of a lot of really uh, really high level mathematics that went into it. And they uh, drew the conclusion that there was an increase of I don't know several hundred cases of the coronavirus and several hundred deaths related to the Trump rallies. And so, these are economists doing this. They're economists, and not that they can't do this research, and not that they shouldn't. You know, we, we should look back. I think there's a number of things that we have to say about it. First of all, they say, of course, these are projections. Secondly, they looked at a 10-week period, where all the other studies have looked at a three-week period after uh, events. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that if you get a lot of people together and they're not wearing masks, they're going to spread the virus. And, uh, you know, that's a risk that some people are willing to take to state their beliefs. Uh, and, you know, in, in the early Christian era, uh, when people got together and did that and they were killed for their beliefs, guess what? We called them martyrs. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, you know, I mean, first of all, it's not unexpected to have a, a small increase. But I looked at the at the numbers that they projected. And, you know, the the increase in mortality and deaths from this is less than one half of one percent per hundred thousand people. Yeah. Uh, I know that for the Democrats, every life matters and everybody, I mean, come on. My mother was 96 when she died. She said at 90, I, I wish God would take me, Billy. I'm, I'm miserable. And I think that there are people who are close to death and they get this virus and it's a terminal event or they deny that they have any problems and they wait. And we had uh, one of the nurse anesthetists here in town in St. Petersburg and he waited. He waited too long. And guess what? He was on the ventilator for 21 days. Oh, I'm not sick. I'll get over this. I can fight this. Well, you know what? The resources are there to take care of everybody. We have adequate resources. We're certainly not overwhelmed by this next wave. And 
we know how to treat it, but the vaccine is safe. It is safe, safe, safe. And Ken, as you and I have both said, we're going to be at the front of the line. And I think that they're probably going to have, uh, right after the election, all of a sudden the vaccine will be available. Uh, there will be safety uh, measures in place. And of course, the first people that are going to get it are going to be the, uh, the, the, the uh, frontline workers like me and the elderly. And so that's the that's the rat population, and, and the rest of the population probably won't get it until uh, early spring. But then you'll be able to see the effect that it has on us. So I want everybody to quit fretting and wringing their hands over this vaccine. It is safe. It is effective. It is not the coronavirus. It is an adenovirus that's been hybridized, and there's no reason to get upset over it. And as for this study. Okay, let's say that you do look at a 10-week instead of a three-week period. Uh, there's a lot of variables that come into play. There's a lot of confounders that come into play. And it's hard to say uh, that all of these cases are absolutely related to a mass rally. I wouldn't, would not deny that there probably is an increase in caseloads, although the study that came out of Oklahoma after the rally there back in the spring did not show any statistically significant increase in coronavirus cases after Trump had a big rally there. That doesn't mean that, you know, because it's one study and it's one small study, that doesn't mean that that's accurate, nor does it mean that looking at 15 or 20 rallies is going to give us an accurate picture either. The truth probably lies somewhere in between, Ken. Uh, but uh, still, if you don't want to wear a mask, I mean, if, if you think that you're immune and, and you're willing to risk it, I'm not going to force you to wear a mask. I'm going to wear a mask, and I'm not going to go to a big rally. I've got mine under my chin right now. You know, it's uh, something that I do all the time. But if, if you even went to the rally and then you went to a restaurant afterwards, I mean, how you can you tell where you actually got the virus if you didn't yeah, get it? I mean, you don't know because, yeah. you know, it's a social event, and you're going to be more relaxed because you've been in a big crowd, and you can say, well— you know, I don't feel anything now. I mean, most people don't really have any idea of how these things are, are transmitted and, and the time frame and all that. Uh, so, yeah, you go to a restaurant or uh, you, you feel comfortable and more confident. So you go out and you do something, you go shopping, whatever it is. I mean, you're already out. Why not? So there's a, yeah, there's a lot of confounders there, Ken. There's yeah. a lot of confounders. And, 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 and I don't doubt that there's, there's was an increase because of these, uh, these uh, get-togethers in large groups. I don't doubt that at all. But what are you going to do? You're going to deny people the freedom to congregate? I mean— Did you, uh, go, did you go to the uh, president's rally this week? No, I, we, were, we were in uh, up in uh, Wakula Springs, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were up in the, the Tallahassee area, were you? Yeah. So uh, it, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and and we didn't get back until late, and so I think that we have uh, a good excuse. But uh, my neighbors went, and they they were just blown away. I mean, there were twenty five, thirty five thousand people there. They sent me pictures, and I mean, the place was jam packed. Have you seen the rallies this guy's I know he's people drawing them in from everywhere. I know. I didn't know we had that many people in the country. I mean, everywhere. Made a I made a mistake. I was driving around, and I actually turned into the drive-through for the Biden rally that night. So oh, yeah? I was in, I was at the Biden drive-through thing. So I ordered a burger and some fries at the Biden drive-through and uh, Coke, you know, 
Yeah. Two ninety nine, but the taxes were one hundred and fifty bucks. Was. Never drive through that Biden drive through. Don't do this drive by through, man. The taxes will kill you. The taxes are going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got somebody on the phone who'd like to talk to you, Doc. Who you got? We got Todd. We got Tampa Todd. We like to talk to Tampa Todd for a minute. All right, Todd. Keep it short and sweet, bud. Yeah. All right, Champ. I'll do that. Come on, Todd. I'm right here, fellas. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can't hear him. I'm here. I'm here. I'm right He's here. here. I'm right here, Bill. Okay, what do you got, Todd? I just was here at the Tampa rally. I've been to eight Trump rallies, never got sick once. Was there uh, the other day when Donald was here, the governor was here. I just want to remind everybody, don't leave nothing to chance. Make sure you vote Republican. Sandy Merman County Commissioner Vern Buchanan, uh, Paulina Luna over there in Canellas, and uh, Christine Quinn in Tampa, and uh, save our country. I mean, this should be over. Tuesday, no matter, nobody should be voting for Don, for Joe Biden. Joe Biden, if he was anybody else, would have been in jail with those laptops, those emails, and all that money. So it's just crystal clear here. We're standing up for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But, but, nobody's done more for Donald Trump than I have. And I didn't do it all for right. Donald Trump. I called the guy. Thanks, I did Todd. It for Jesus Christ. Thanks, Todd. We'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> all right, Todd. Thank you, buddy. Try some decaf. Todd's on a rant this morning. Todd's, Todd's been working it since, uh, you know, I don't know, two years, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's been working hard on that. Yeah. So. Well, you know, this guy, I mean, say what you want about the president. He signed almost 200 executive orders. That's more than any president since they started looking at this, I think, uh, uh, back in in the Kennedy area, Ken, the Kennedy or the uh, Eisenhower era. And so this is a this is a busy man. He's worked hard, and and it's not garbage. I mean, he's been doing things like creating uh, Schedule F for accepted service, one trillion tree integrity council. I mean, they're saying he doesn't care about the environment. Uh, a council to plant one trillion trees, establishing uh, uh, water resource management and water infrastructure modernization, uh, addressing mental health and combating. Uh, all kinds of, of uh, mental illnesses and diseases and, you know, lowering not only taxes, but lowering the regulations on a number of industries, increasing our productivity. I mean, it goes on and on. Well, a couple of weeks ago, you know, you asked me what I thought about the election about three or four weeks ago. And I said, I don't know. I'm thinking it's going to be really close, but I'm not feeling that way anymore. I think we're going to take this I th- I think pretty we easily. Are. Yeah, in the end. It- and, you know, they say, you know, the Democrats are saying, well, there's a big gap between the rich and the poor. You know what? Household incomes have gone up year over year. And since Trump came in, five to six percent per year adjusted for inflation. My God, I mean, how, how can you say this guy's doing anything wrong? And taxes for the, the lowest income uh, earners has been going down. It's been going down for a number of decades, but it's gone down even more under Trump. You say he doesn't care about uh, the little guy? I mean, what do you want? You want to just sit at home and, and, and live off the dole? I mean, that's a horrible way to go through life. You know, there's nothing like getting out and working and being part of something to make you feel like you're, you're really a human being and a, a, a value and worth. And self-respect, I, you know. It's self-respect. I just, I just don't understand it. And you know, the, the the problem is, is there's so much emotion surrounding this, and the fear that is has been uh, driven by 
the left of uh, some kind of catastrophic collapse of our society if we don't have socialized medicine and we don't have abortions on demand and we don't have some limits on guns and on religious uh, practices. What, what are we morphing into China? I mean, mm. come on. I told you, I asked the uh, tour guide when we were in Xi'an, China, I said, everybody's so well behaved. I don't see any crime. He said, we're all scared to death of going to prison. <laughs> he said, our prisons are terrible. <laughs> You'll die there. You know? Yeah. You don't want to live like that here. So you know, who wants to live That's like right. that? That's not living. That's not living. No. And you know, they have to work, you know, if they, yeah. <laughs> you know what we saw as we're driving down the interstate, Little old men in their old, uh, you know, communist outfits or their old pajama outfits, little retired guys who are on the dole. And you know what they have to do? They have to go out and sweep off the uh, the shoulder. They're out there on an interstate, an eight or ten laden wide interstate, and they're sweeping the shoulder so that they can get their little uh, their monthly uh, retirement check. And uh, if you think that it's uh, that, you know, that communism is a good thing and socialism is a good thing, then you have not traveled. You have not been around the world. You don't know what you're talking about. And that's unfortunate. I mean, even my friend Mike, he doesn't know what's going on in the world. He, he hasn't traveled. He has no idea. All he knows is what he hears on CNN and newsfeed. And, uh, you know, he... Trump never, Trump, uh, you know, he's a white supremacist. And then when you play the clip to him, all of a sudden he's on to something else. Trump's spreading the virus. And what are, you, what are you talking about? Trump didn't start the virus. He didn't spread it. I mean, for God's sakes, he's just another guy that's out there trying to figure out how to handle the whole thing. Plus, he donates his entire salary. He's doing it for free. He's doing it for free. Oh, but he's a crook. This, this is what Marie, one of the doctors at the hospital, said. He's a crook. I said, where's the proof? He's a billionaire. I said, wait a minute. You mean if you're a billionaire, you're a crook? All billionaires are crooks, according to Marie. I, I don't. I, where does that come from? Where does that come from? I don't get it. I don't know, Doc. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. At any rate, so this study by the uh, group out in Stanford, some of the material they got from the Atlantic Magazine, which is keeping statistics, as well as John Hopkins, which is keeping statistics, not the epidemiology department, not the infectious disease department, but but the economics department at uh, John Hopkins in Baltimore. <laughs> They're okay. keeping it. All right. So the, I, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I don't have a problem with economists doing doing uh, large scale research like this. What's the economic impact? That's what I want to know. What's the economic impact of the virus and what's the economic impact of the shutdown of, uh, because of the virus? You know, if the idiot Fauci had said from the beginning, wear a mask instead of creating all this confusion like he did. And uh, now he's attacking the president, although it's not getting much traction. You know, if he had handled this appropriately as the leader of this, we wouldn't be here now. If everybody had been wearing a mask like they do in Taiwan and Hong Kong and South Korea, you know, it, it would be a, a minimal event. But the guy didn't do anything. He just did not do anything to help us and lead us through it. And you and I, Ken, we led the country on this. Yep. We took the we took the bull by the horns and said, get that mask on and keep it on. And don't listen to Fauci because he's a freaking idiot. You sent me a mask. In fact, you sent me a mask. And I'm still wearing it today. It's great. I feel 
kind of warm. And can't wash it. You got to soak it in alcohol. It's kind of a special thing that docks on me. But I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. And I yeah, didn't get. You, I haven't gotten the the, the vid, yeah, so I'm all right. If you do have a mask, don't wash it. Soak it and dip it in isopropyl alcohol. When you wash a cloth mask, you degrade the uh, fabric and it stretches the pores, so it makes it a little little less effective over time. So, don't do that. Now, at any rate. I did not realize how much our income had risen in the past few decades. You know, the average household now is is uh, let's see, I had this somewhere. It it's like sixty seventy thousand dollars. I think it's about seventy thousand dollars a year now for the average household income. That's not bad. And you know, there's a huge percentage of the population, ten percent, that's making over a hundred thousand a year households. Ken, that's that's unbelievable. That's truly unbelievable. And inflation has, has come to almost a standstill. So real income is growing, not only because of growing in wage, growth in wages as well as uh, uh, controlling inflation, but also because employers are carrying more of the health care insurance uh, load. And, you know, most of the people who are uninsured, there's about 30 million, 28, 30 million people who are uninsured. The majority of those people have elected not to get health care insurance. Why not? Because it's too expensive or they don't think they need it. You know, they're young, they're healthy. And, uh, you know, the burden of, of buying insurance, if you're 25 to 35 years old, is going to be eight to $10,000 a year. If let's say, let's say it's five to 6,000, which is the average uh, amount of money that's spent per year on an American for health care, 6,000 a year. But you're going to have a deductible that's five to ten thousand dollars, Ken. Yep. I mean, of what value is that? Take that five thousand, six thousand dollar premium, put it in a health savings account, and uh, and just get a catastrophic policy. Get one of these policies that pays you know two hundred fifty or five hundred dollars a day for hospitalization, and uh, make sure if you get admitted that you work out a deal with the administration. I mean, this is just. Now, if, if you're in your twenties, your, your chances of you having a serious outside of a car accident or falling off a roof or something like that, the, the, the chances the chances of you having something serious happen to you medically are slim. You, they'd be better off just going to pay you cash. You know what I mean? For an office well, visit, I, I've been saying that for years. The best way to handle this would be to go to an all cash system. Let's get rid of uh, health insurance and government interference, and uh, except for the Medicare, which you're not going to get rid of. But, you know, the public, it would take five to 10 years for it to settle down. And the government, of course, would have to set some some ground rules so that doctors weren't and hospitals weren't gouging. Hmm. But uh, you would never do I, that, though. Well, you know, I, I think if you get competition going, uh, you know, that you're going to go to the best doctor who's going to charge you the least amount of money. And if you want the super duper ultra specialist and you got the cash to pay it, well, there you go. But most people and most doctors are not going to be in that category. And I think it would work itself out over time, but that ain't going to happen. That is not going to happen. The public wouldn't tolerate that. It would, they, they wouldn't be able to hang on for five or 10 years. They would be crying just like they are with the virus now that people are dying. Yeah. Well, people die, you know, that's, it happens. It's going to happen to all of us. That's right. It's going to happen to all of us. And in a pandemic, I mean, I'm surprised that the number of deaths are as low as they are. Under 250,000 for a, a pandemic this size. I mean, a worldwide pandemic. Oh, my gosh. We had millions with the with the influenza 
back in the 1918-19 era, what, 60 million worldwide, millions in the United States. So, so we're doing okay. We're doing good. This is really a non-event. Uh, it's, it's, it's an event in that you have to pay attention and wear your mask and be diligent in your personal hygiene and health care. And you have to show up and get taken care of or call your doctor and get the appropriate treatment. And, you know, we, we know how to treat it, Ken. We've talked about that repeatedly on the show. We've had a, a very, very, very low mortality rate, death rate at our hospital, St. Pete General, because of the, the groundwork that we did in early March, uh, a group of us sitting around the lunch table, devising a scheme for treating people, getting compassionate use for the remdesivir, uh, arguing with the, uh, with the hospital administration about getting uh, the convalescent plasma, and we didn't even really need it that much. And so when the president says he got the Regeneron and people are like, oh, he got something that we didn't get. No, he didn't. He just got the, he just got the distilled version of the convalescent plasma, which we don't even use much because we don't need it with remdesivir, especially if we get you in there early and treat you early. I told you we had a 90-year-old guy. Did I tell you about this last week? I don't think so, no. We had a 90-year-old guy. I was consulted on him because he had heart problems and heart failure. He's got a pacemaker. His heart's the size of a watermelon. His ejection fraction's about a third to a quarter of what it should be. This old boy's still walking around carrying on. He's got lung disease. And so he came down with the virus. While he was in the hospital, he tested positive. And so we moved him over to the ICU. And we started him on the remdesivir uh, because of his age and his uh, concomitant health care problems. Every day I went in, he's sitting there saying, when are you going to let me go home? I feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless his heart, that big old melon-sized heart of his. <laughs> and I said, dude, if I could let you go, I'd let you go right now. But I, it's not up to me because once we got Dr. Balthazar in on it, you know, she's our infectious disease doctor, then we all have to step back because she's, she's got her finger on the trigger of the remdesivir. And, mm. and so we can't interfere with that. Plus, you don't want to fight with her because you can't win. She's a woman, she's feisty, and she's uh, well-educated, so we're in deep doo-doo. By the way, <laughs> um, i got to tell you now that uh, the wife says if Trump wins, she promises uh, to increase my grog rations, and, oh, that she, and she, she'll only kick me once a week. So well, that's, that's an, another that's, good reason. That's sweet. That's love, Doc. That's love. I know it's love, and I want you guys to go out and vote for Trump not because you believe in him or you believe in the Republican uh, uh, ideology or free enterprise or whatever else, but because you don't want Dr. Bill beat up <laughs> and you do want him well uh, lubricated so he doesn't go into withdrawals. So that's important. How about a break, Doc? Are you in the mood for a break? I'm in the mood for a break. So when we come back, we're going to talk some more. Uh, by the way, I, t I forgot to tell you, you know, the Atlantic – uh, and I've got an article I'll, I'll read to you, just the headlines from The Atlantic. You know, they hate Trump. They hate him. And so they're keeping all this data. Do you think there's some bias in there? Mm. Do, you, do you think that Stanford might be getting some biased information? Mm. Mm -hmm. We need to think about that during the break. I'm Dr. Bill. I'll be right back. With SRN News, I am Michael Harrington in Washington.
The British government says a new national lockdown may have to last longer than the planned four weeks if coronavirus infection rates don't fall fast enough. The lockdown announced by President, I should say, Prime Minister Boris Johnson due to a run from Thursday until December the 2nd. Cabinet Minister Michael Gove says today it's the government's fervent hope the lockdown will end on time. Police in Quebec City have arrested a man on suspicion of killing two people and injuring five others in a stabbing rampage near the provincial legislature yesterday. The man in his 20s has been arrested in connection with the attacks and taken to a hospital. Residents were earlier warned to shelter in place. And Tropical Storm Etta has formed in the Caribbean, tying the record for most named storms in a single Atlantic hurricane season. It could be a hurricane by tomorrow. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. I started taking Balance Nature about 16 months ago to 20 months ago, something like that. And my blood work is right down the middle. I mean, you know, you look at what the high should be, what the low should be, and everything's right down the middle. And my doctor's just amazed by it. She goes, this is just fantastic. And I tell them, I tell all the doctors, hey, I'm taking Balance of Nature. And I say it's just a naturally occurring thing. It's just 10 servings of fruits and vegetables that I take every day. I take them into capsules. I said, there's no supplements or anything else that go in it. And uh, it works, you know. <laughs> what can I say? Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code 
results. Take AM860 The Answer with you wherever you go with our mobile app, TheAnswerTampa.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at Radio.com. Florida Dude Snap Poll, 2,000 registered voters called in Ohio. Trump, 54%. Biden, 41%. This changed dramatically with two things, the debate and then Joe Biden's fracking comments. The Captain's America, Third Watch, with Captain Matt Bruce, overnight from 2 to 6 on AM 860. The Answer. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Mostly sunny skies for today. Rather warm with a high of 87. Mainly clear tonight with a low 62. Monday, plenty of sunshine with a high of 75. Tuesday, mostly sunny skies with a high of 78. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. I want to be on top, forever on the up and damn the competition. This is Dr. Bill, Radio MD. I am him, and I've got Ken with me this morning, and we're having a ball here talking about uh, the president and the election and the economy. By the way, Ken, I found that graph, and the median household income is almost $70,000 a year now. The The Nader was, uh, in, in the, for this century, was in uh, 2011 when it dropped down below 56000 or right at 56,000, and then it's just zoomed right back up. And uh, you can blame that on the recession uh, that we had, of course. Yeah. But, uh, and, and I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Obama and what he tried to do for the economy. Uh, I didn't agree with everything, but you know, basically it's been on the rise since 2014, 15, but it's, I mean, it's just really zoomed up. So. And in the short term, the GDP is skyrocketing. Oh, last quarter. I mean, it was nuts. It was so high. Yeah. So we need somebody who can shepherd this to its final conclusion, which puts us back to where we were before. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you think about the sell off this week. I mean, it, it didn't have anything to do with the coronavirus. It has to do with the big funds going into cash, because if Biden wins, you know, they know the market's going to drop because capital gains are going to go up mm-hmm. and people are going to be trying to sell before the end of the year so that they can get their money out and not have to pay another 10 or 15% in taxes on capital gains. I mean, it's just basic economics. If you increase the taxes on something, uh, whether it's a hamburger that costs you 250 and you pay $150 in taxes on it <laughs> or you know, or stocks, I mean, people are going to buy less hamburgers. That's very true. That, uh, yeah, you, you bet. Know, <laughs> I know I will. They're not going to buy hamburgers. You know, so. What are you going to do? I mean, this is these are the laws of economics. This isn't something that I'm making up. This isn't something that's coming out of the blue. It's just a fact of life. It's supply and demand. It goes back to uh, the beginning of time. That's human nature. We got to open up. We got to get all those jobs back. You know, got to get these people you all employment. Open up, you, know? you know, yeah. Do it safely, but let's open up. And uh, by the way, Doctor Bill is open. Uh, we have telemedicine, and I also got my toenail gel study going on. 
get that done within the year, and then we'll start marketing that, and we'll be able to expand the show, Ken, and we'll both be making more money. <laughs> so at any rate, Dr. Bill is at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, you can see the uh, the uh, the green screen behind me with, with my information. We're on AM860, The Answer, and uh, FM 93.7, both part of the Salem Broadcasting System. And, and by you, the way, if you want to do that telemedicine, if you've never done telemedicine before, by the way, don't be frightened. Because some people say, oh, I can't do that computer stuff, but it's easy. I did it, and I'm nowhere near a computer geek. You know what I mean? So call no, the doc, you, and, do the telemedicine you do if you have job. to. Yeah, it's so easy. I mean, it's, press a couple of buttons and you're done. There's a doc. No waiting in the office. Yeah, and we're all set up. And if you have, a, if you don't have a smartphone, we can just do a telephone conference with you. That's almost as good. Of course, I'd like to see your face and uh, get to know you a little bit better. But uh, if if you don't have that opportunity or ability, then you can just call us on the phone, and we'll have a we'll have a over the phone conference. And I've done that with people. You know, I had that doctor up in Atlanta months ago who thought he had the virus, and I talked to him on the phone. And uh, that was before we got the whole telemedicine set up. And called him in prescriptions and treated him, and he was better in three days. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so call the doc if you need a doc. That's a, that's my 727-384-6411, advice. 727-384-6411. We're in St. Pete, so if you're in the area, you can uh, come see me live and for real and not just uh, some image on the, your computer screen or your telephone. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we've got we've got income going up. Uh, we've got productivity going up. Uh, we've got the president working on everything from the uh, environment to mental health to uh, trying to find ways to get people. You know, he's done a lot to help get the price of, of prescription drugs down, too, Ken. He's opened up uh, so that you can get your legally you can get your medicines from outside the country if you want. By the way, most of the generics are from outside the country. They all originate in China or India. So I didn't know that. That I did not know. I always learn yeah, something that, on this show every Sunday. Yeah, the generics. Now, the of course, the branded drugs, you know, like the monoclonal antibodies and stuff I take for my migraines and people use for their rheumatoid arthritis and their uh, psoriasis and all that. Those are still made here in the United States or in, in one of the more developed countries. But And I agree with the president. We should bring our generic drug industry back home from China and India. And not that I want to hurt the Chinese or the Indians. I wish them all the best of luck. But, uh, you know, we need to have a little better control and security and also create some more jobs. Now, I don't know if we'll be able to do that economically, but it's certainly a good idea. But the cost of generic drugs has come down precipitously, precipitously. They were falling uh, since the beginning of the 21st century, but Trump has really accelerated it. So uh, if you think that your health care is, is getting more expensive, at least when it comes to the medications, that is just not true. And you think about the health insurance environment that we're in. You know, Zeke had, my son, he had a kidney stone, and we had to have him uh, sit in the big tub of water, and they use sound waves to break it up, and, and then um, it, it, the, the pieces are small enough to pass through the ureter and, and out uh, through the urine. And so it, it's expensive. You know, they sent us a bill from the hospital. I thought that we had negotiated a, an upfront fee, but they sent us a bill for eight or $10,000. Whoa, really? For, 
for a half an hour's worth of wow. work. <laughs> it took us months, literally months, to to negotiate and to bicker and barter with them. And, to, and finally, you know, they said, well, he is a student and he is living outside the house, so we can give him a self-pay rate. And I think we got it down to a couple of grand. But And I'm a doctor yeah. who refers patients to that hospital. I was on staff there for years. No break, my friend, no break. Hmm. Now, you think about somebody who has uh, insurance with a $10,000 deductible, and, and they get stuck with that. I mean, that's just ridiculous. What's the point of this Obamacare? All it did was drive the cost of everything up. And so left more people uninsured and underinsured than before uh, the Affordable Care Act came into play. So why not start dismantling it? Why not put something better in there? Now, listen, I've said over and over again that if the Republicans want to hang on to the White House and the House win it back in the Senate, they're going to have to have a good health care plan. Although I believe that the free enterprise system is the best model, most Americans are just not going to go along with that. They're not going to tolerate it. And, and that, that's okay. I understand. I understand that fear and uh, uh, necessity drive people to do certain things that, to me, don't seem rational. But to them, it does. And that's okay. I, you know, I, I believe in the rule of the majority. And there you go. Yeah, but that, that procedure should not have cost probably $10,000. No, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a fifteen hundred dollar procedure, and uh, the hospitals, all of them, whether they're they're private or, or uh, for profit or whatever, they all jack up the bill eight or ten times of, of the actual uh, allowable that Medicare would 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 say you can be paid that amount of money. So what Medicare does is it sets the rates for Medicare uh, recipients and says, you can only charge for blasting that kidney stone out, say $1,500. I don't know what it is, plus $500 for the pre-op and all that. But then they'll jack it up five times uh, because they can do accounting stuff with that. They can write it off and then they have a loss. Doctors can't do that. We can't write off our losses. Did you know that, Ken? I did not know that. Why we not? Cannot write them off. Why can't you write off your losses like everybody else? Pretty much. We did because that's what the federal government says. Oh. If you think that you're in a regulated industry, <laughs> practice medicine. Holy moly! My God. Yeah. I'll I mean, bet. we live under a, doctors live under a different set of laws. My sisters don't understand that. I try to explain it to them. You know, if I have a felony conviction. A felony conviction, I'll lose my license to practice medicine. And it could be a felony for uh, uh, I didn't pay the, the barking dog ticket that I've talked about over the years, and, uh, and I didn't contest it. And so they, they held me in, in contempt and, and charged me with a felony for not showing up in court, even though I was out of the country and didn't know I had to show up in court. Huh. And that that's cost ridiculous. Me several, yeah. uh, it cost me several thousand. But if I had had that felony conviction... On my record, I would have lost my license to practice over a barking dog ticket. That's crazy, Doc. That's crazy. That's crazy, yeah. You know, now, <laughs> if you're a bricklayer and you get a DUI, uh, you know what? You're still a bricklayer. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're a doctor and you get a DUI, you're not a doctor anymore. Not not in Florida. <laughs> you're out. Wow. That's it. Wow. And, uh, you know, there are these crazy laws that have been put in, have been pushed into place, like if you have three or more uh, malpractice suits against you, that you can lose your license. I mean, if you're a busy surgeon 
in in the state of Florida, especially in South Florida, you're probably going to have three lawsuits at a minimum against you. Uh, and if you're if you're an obstetrician gynecologist, oh my gosh, those guys get hammered. You know, the kid comes out with with a toenail that's crooked, and 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 you get sued for some something you did wrong in the delivery. So there's a lot of factors that come into this, and I think people have to realize that we live under a different set of rules. Nevertheless, we're still here to help you. So I want to emphasize once again some of the great things that this president has done. Let me give you a list of things. Please do, as we get closer uh, here to Tuesday. Th- this comes from Robert Muth, who is a journalist with, um, what paper is he with? He is with, I'm trying to get down to it here. Can't help you. I don't, I'm not familiar with his work, so. At any rate, it's one of the one of the national papers. But at any rate, the following is a brief summary of some of the things that the president has done. He's at the Herald Review, a columnist. President Trump received three separate nominations for Nobel Peace Prizes. Almost four million jobs created prior to the pandemic. More Americans employed than ever before in history. Uh, 400,000 new manufacturing jobs since 2016. And although a lot of that uh, temporarily went away, they're coming back with a with a vengeance. Uh, manufacturing jobs grew at the fastest rate in more than three decades. Uh, economic growth as high as 4.2%. We hadn't seen that in a long time. Unemployment claims hit a 49-year low before the pandemic. Uh, median household incomes, as I just went over, higher than ever recorded and rising faster than ever recorded. Ever. I mean, ever. Wall Street Journal's Eric Morath and Jeffrey Sparshoff report pay for the bottom 25% of wage earners rose 4.5% in November last year from the year earlier. 4.5%. And inflation's what, 1%? Somewhere around so, there, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, this is unbelievable. African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women and youth unemployment were the lowest rates ever recorded prior to the pandemic, and they'll come back. So the veterans' unemployment rate also fell. Tax relief, we all know the story on tax relief. Opportunity zones were created in poor, poor neighborhoods, and uh, this helped cut unemployment and increase the wealth and uh, uh, health and wealth of, of communities that are low income, biggest package of tax cuts and incentives in long, long time. Small businesses have done better. Uh, the corporate income tax rate has fallen, bringing a lot of corporations back to the United States as well as jobs. Because when the corporate tax rate gets up to about 38 40%, these corporations move out. They yeah, they're not out. stupid. They know it's cheaper to work somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you you domicile your corporation in, in Ireland or Britain yeah. or somewhere with lower tax rates. Why not? What are you, I, dumb? I prefer the Cayman Islands, but you go where you want. Yeah, Yeah, but, you know, I'm not sure there's enough uh, infrastructure oh, there. Oh, true, true. But it's but, pretty. But there, it's pretty. It's beautiful. <laughs> and and there's lots of naked natives dancing around. And... I don't think so. Not in the Cayman Islands, no. Oh, not the no, Cayman? No. Oh, I'm thinking of no. something else. Yeah. Never mind. Uh We've got more health care options than we had before because he, he uh, uh, okayed the association health plans 
And so if you want to get together with, uh, you know, a bunch of other small businesses, you can start your own association and do your own health care. You don't have to have health insurance through the Affordable Care Act. You can do it through your association. Now, not everybody is availing themselves of this, but that opportunity is there. Uh, and so he's preserved 180 million health care plans that are already there, uh, reforming the Medicare program. He, remember, he reformed the veterans program, and he opened it up so that if the wait is too long at your VA clinic, you can go see a private doctor. You can come see me. Did you know that, Ken? I, I know that. Yeah, that's a great thing. That's a great thing yeah. for vets. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's a tremendous thing. Uh, and he tr remember, he got $6 billion to fight the opioid epidemic, and that's really, really been effective. He's clamped down on that, and he's pushed the states to get tough with their laws, and in Florida— you know, we have a, a, a it, I'm, really, it's kind of burdensome for a doctor to prescribe uh, something like Percocet, but, uh, you know, it's a good thing because it's cutting down on the abuse of Percocets and cutting down on the accidental overdose by teenagers and cutting down on the street sales of these drugs. And these are tremendous things. And these that's just, tremendous a, things that's that just the domestic side. If you look at the international side, he's, you know, putting a lot of pressure oh. on China and Iran. He's got our allies contributing more to NATO and to the U.N., which we used to be spending a lot of money on, not necessarily because they weren't fair, playing their fair share. $68 billion more he's he's gotten the Europeans to cough up for NATO. Yeah. $68 billion. Now, you can say, well, look, we got a, a 4 or $5 trillion budget a year, so that's not a lot of money. I'll take 10%. <laughs> you can give me 10%. You can give me 1%. I was going to say, I'll take 1%. Fees. You can have the other nine. <laughs> I mean, he's got he's got the Arabs and the Israelis talking to each other. Yep. They're doing business. And, and the Democrats are saying, oh, well, this was an inevitable thing anyway. Inevitable, why? Because you didn't get it done. <laughs> you know, it's inevitable that eventually something's going to happen in the Middle East. But, you know, for a long time, the prediction was that the next nuclear war would come out of the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're defusing this rapidly. Iran is being isolated by the other uh, countries in that area. The Persians are being uh, isolated by the Arab countries who are locking arms with the Israelis and saying, you are not going to develop a nuclear weapon. And that that's a good thing because these Ayatollahs are just Nazi fascists. They're, 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 they're religious fascists. That's all they are. Yep. And we, you know, we have to do something to, to stop this. Listen, Trump's appointed more judges at the federal level which he has the power to do, than any president in my memory. Biden and Obama left a huge uh, a gap of, of empty seats and judges uh, because they wanted to put in all these loonies and the Senate wouldn't wouldn't work with them. And you can't blame Congress, you can't blame the Republicans for being upset. They were not even consulted on the Affordable Care Act. Not one Republican was allowed into any of the discussions on the Affordable Care Act, Ken. Not one. It was all done by the Democrats behind closed doors, just like they did the impeachment hearings, which turned out to be a big bust anyway. And a waste of money. How many millions did we waste doing that? You know. And, and you know, we've and he's appointed three Supreme Court justices. Can you believe that? Three in his first four years. I don't. Other than Washington, I don't know who else did that. Yeah, when you look at that list, how can you not vote for the guy? I mean, uh, who cares what he sounds like on the stump? He's a showman. Yeah, we knew you that know, going in. 
And we knew that going in. I mean, he had a TV show. Yeah. He, he's written all kinds of sensational books. But everybody who I've talked to who, who has known of his private conversations say he's just a, a gentleman and polite as can be when you talk with him in private and that he'll listen to you, that he'll – and, you know, Obama wouldn't even have some of these uh, rappers come in and talk to him and some of the black activists. He wouldn't even talk to them. He wouldn't talk to them. Trump welcomes them in. He's, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I've heard that, too. I've heard that when you're in the room with him, you are the most important person in the world. That's the way he makes you feel. And and he's just, apparently, he's just a real gentleman in private. Uh, but, you know, his public image, of course, is is, is his problem. Um, at any rate, so we've got the embassy moved to Jerusalem, which presidents have talked about for decades for the Israelis to make them feel like they really are uh, the country they want to be. Uh, we've got the NAFTA deal replaced with the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade deal, and uh, that has helped us. It's also further strengthened the the uh, wage base in Mexico and Canada. It's it's called for wage parity, so that if you manufacture a car in Mexico or a car part, you have to pay the same uh, equivalent wage as what you would have to pay in the United States. So let's say you're paying a, a, a guy who's working on the line at GM $30 an hour to make the car door. If you do that in Mexico, you have to pay the equivalent of $30. Let's say the pesos, uh, it's 10 pesos to a dollar. I don't know what it is now. Then you got to pay 300 pesos an hour, or you can't sell it across the border. That's a good thing. Yes, That's a good is. thing for the Mexicans. That's a good thing for the for the continent. That's a good thing for North America. That brings up the the uh, the uh, uh, the uh, the welfare and health and economic uh, security of, of Mexico. It brings up their standard of living. And when we lock arms with the with the Mexicans and the Canadians, we have uh, one of the biggest trading blocks to go up against the Chinese or the European Union. You know, if you count our population of the United States, Canada, and Mexico, I think that we're, if not the same size, a little bit bigger than the European Union. You know, you've got a big country in, with Mexico. That's, what, 150, 200 million people. We're 330 million. Canada's 33 million, 35 million. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of people. So we're getting there. Now, as for the Atlantic, i got to tell you, this this really broke me up. And so we're getting information from uh, from Stanford University that relies on information from the Atlantic. So here's here's Thomas Wright. This is his story yesterday evening at 8:30 at 6:30 a.m. Rather this morning, 6:30 a.m. this morning he posted this. The story of our mad king will live on well past the election. Donald Trump is now an intrinsic part of the narrative of America. And you know why he says this, Ken? He says Donald Trump will never really go away, even if he is resoundingly defeated, uh, not even when he dies, not in 100 years. He may well be what future generations remember most about our era, not because of what he accomplished, but because the story of a mad king is an immoral tale. Immoral? The guy doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't do drugs. He's never been convicted of a felony. He hasn't, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't even been accused uh, in any court. He hasn't been called up for anything uh, illegal. You know, the only thing is uh, he's had bankruptcies in some of his partnerships. So what? Big deal. Everybody who's been in business for any period of time has had setbacks. 
That's why this whole thing is crazy. This guy's likening him to Caligula, the Roman emperor who appointed his horse a council of Rome. 30 seconds and we're out of here, guys. Get out there and vote. And don't forget, Dr. Bill, the nail gel study's still open. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. We'll get a little music and let's get out of here, Ken. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Love you. See you next week.